Good morning, everyone. My friends, let's take a look at that first reading. The first reading is uh, from the prophet, uh, from Kings, and it's a prophet. Uh, and uh, we see that uh, there's a, what we understand is a miracle taking place. And um, the prophet Elisha uh, is to feed some hungry people. And um, the first thing we look at is that um, it was uh, five barley loaves and um, 100 men. And uh, it becomes a sign uh, to the people that God is very much beyond interested. He cares for them. So he's going to take care of their needs physically for them, provide them with food, more than enough food. So it becomes a sign of God's care uh, for the people. St. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, is pleading with the Ephesians to live a life in keeping with the gospel values, um, particularly uh, when we go back and look at it again and read it, you'll see he's asking them to, be, to stay united and to be in harmony with each other, and uh, rightly so. Now, my friends, we've been hearing from Mark's gospel, but for the next four weeks, we will hear from John's gospel, um, and it will, particularly from chapter 6. And John has no account of what we call the institution of the Eucharist. However, you can hear from the readings what he's getting at and what he's doing. He's talking about Jesus being the bread of life, absolutely, but he'll move further and deeper. So we'll see this in the coming weeks. Now, my friends, the miracle described in the first reading shows God's concern, as I said, for his people, and it was a time of famine. Uh, what we, because we use the lectionary, uh, that pieces of the readings are missing, uh, but if you go to the Bible and read it, you'll see it. So it was a time of famine, and the bread in question was the bread of the first fruits, and this particular barley loaf, and it was meant to be offered to God. And we hear the prophet say, well, God told me to take that bread and feed the people with it. And, um, and so uh, Elisha, Elisha, who's the prophet of the Old Covenant, uh, gave it to the people, and the leftovers stresses God's generosity. That's what uh, the meaning of it is. And uh, we see, like Elisha, or Elisha, Jesus, the prophet of the new covenant. Elisha is the prophet of the old. Moses is the prophet of the old. And Jesus is the prophet of the new. Remember, he said, my cup will be the cup of the new covenant with you. So um, Jesus, uh, as the prophet of the new covenant, uh, feeds hungry people and does so even more astonishing. Um, five loaves for a hundred men. Hmm. Three loaves, 5,000 men, and they only make the account of the men. There were women and children present. They just weren't on the hill with them. They had to, that's how they separated each other. They separated. So we're probably looking at 10,000 people Jesus would feed with five loaves. So John is saying, that was really good, what Alicia did, but look what Jesus did. And... Um, there are clear Eucharistic overtones for us as Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox. We can see uh, where we see these words, Jesus took, blessed, gave thanks, distributed to the people. And that language is meant to remind us about the Eucharist today. Yes, but John is more important about reminding you about something else. He's reminding you about uh, the covenant, uh, the Passover, and uh, of course, what we know about as the Last Supper. And uh, 
which was a time of celebration, a time of what we understand as the Eucharist. And so, my friends, um, John, the synoptic Gospels, Mark, Math, and Luke, refer to things as miracles. John does not. He calls them signs. And uh, part of that, uh, we get, um, you know, our sacraments are signs that distribute a particular thing. So that's kind of how we get this. We follow John, and he said, this sign will tell you, this sign represents. And uh, we see that. Um, the 12 baskets uh, represent uh, the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles. And the 12 apostles would feed the world. So uh, what I'm doing for you is I'm showing you how the symbols work, because uh, uh, if we don't see that, you're like, this is a nice reading, that's fine. No, no, no. You need to understand the symbols. You need to understand what the references are. If you do, it'll become deeper and deeper for you. And um, Passover, um, the Passover bread, uh, there's something about the barley. Uh, and I'll get more into that. But barley uh, was, the, was the grain of the poor people. Kings didn't eat that. They had nothing to do with that. And uh, uh, so now we take a look uh, John's trying to tell you who Jesus is and how great he is. Um, what you need to know is the people who were listening to Jesus at that time on that mountain, they're Jewish people. They had a very good understanding of the Torah, what we call the Old Testament. John's saying, Jesus ascended to the mountain. Immediately the people there are going to think of Moses. Moses ascended to the mountain. So John's trying to show them. This Jesus is the new Moses. Moses, before he died, prayed to God, please send somebody to replace me. Uh, uh, I don't know if he necessarily said greater than me, but, you know, like me, he said. And they've been waiting for this. So John is trying, he's using that and showing them. So the way he's speaking to them and what he's describing is going to tell us about this. And so Jesus ascending to the mountain. Uh, Moses, you, uh, from God, used bread, manna, uh, in the desert, we see Jesus uh, using bread uh, to feed the people. Uh, uh, interesting enough, there's nothing, men he says there's fish, but they don't gather up that. I don't know, because it won't last very long. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but it has nothing. The fish come feed them, that's done. Same thing with the quail. Remember, Moses had quail. Uh, in the morning was bread, in the evening was quail. And you don't hear anything more about the quail. Just hear about the everything, big deal is made about the bread. So here are the references, uh, and we can see what's going on. It's important for you to look at that. Last night, uh, I spoke uh, in a different way, and I'm going to speak again this way. At the 830 Mass, I was, it was like a biblical uh, scholar. I was putting forth Bible study, and I just did it for you in about three minutes, what I did for them. Um, so when we look at John's Gospel, uh, today's uh, account uh, of the great sign, uh, it gives way to Jesus' discourse for the bread of life that will be coming up in the next couple of weeks as we read through John. Note that all four gospel writers have this event. Whenever all four of them have the same event, even though they're slightly accounted different, um, it's for us to take notice of something extremely important. And it is then for us Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox, we understand um, what's the event happening as a Eucharistic event, and we would understand it 
in this setting, and, um, and that's rightly so. Uh, but John has, uh, he wants us to understand that, but there are the other elements that I want to talk to you about uh, that we find in John's gospel too. And there's three details uh, that I told you about symbolically what they mean, but now I want to show you how perhaps uh, John could have meant them also. Remember, John calls what Jesus does signs, signs of who he is. And so the first detail in John's gospel is the contrast of the apostles, which they, we kind of lose what's going on with them because we're so focused on the bread, because we're Eucharistic people. But um, Philip is overwhelmed by the number of people who are present, and he imagines that nothing can be done. Jesus said, where are we going to go to the store to get food? Remember, they're in a deserted place. Remember from last week? They're nowhere near 7-Eleven. <laughs> they're nowhere near Safeway. And uh, so uh, Jesus says, what are you gonna, where can we go and get food? And we're told Jesus is testing him. And uh, he kind of fails. He says, well, I don't know. There's no stores around. I don't know. <laughs> and um, Andrew Lee says, hey, there's a boy here. And the boy has barley loaves. Take note of the barley. You know, he could have just said bread, but we're told about barley. And, uh, and the boy has fish, too, uh, in the crowd. And he presents them to Jesus. So the, that apostle brings the boy over. Here it is. And um, so on the one hand, sometimes we Christians today can be like Philip and be intimidated uh, by what seems to be overwhelming in our world, by all kinds of different things. Uh, but in particular, sometimes for all of us, uh, things that impact the church. And um, some put forth that the world is too complex now and the world is too secular and too uninterested in the message of Jesus Christ. And okay, um, we could be like Philip and just say, oh, it's too much, I'm just not going to do anything. Or uh, maybe we could be more like Philip uh, who... Uh, says, okay, I found someone who has some bread, and I'll give it to Jesus and let Jesus do what he can with it. And uh, so uh, we can be like him, and we can give the Lord what we have, and let the Lord work his signs through us also. Sometimes folks doubt the ability they have because it seems so simple. But I think John is putting forth part of the reason why he's focusing on barley, besides it's the grain of poor people, is that barley is simple. It's just a simple thing, that, and we can see Jesus takes that simple thing and creates great signs with it. My friends, I take a look at the things that are considered to be powerful in our world today, and uh, science and technology seem to be very powerful things in our world, and uh, um, they can advance the world in many ways. But I, at least when I reflected on this, um, that technology... Um, will never replace friendship. <laughs> now, I have the Alexa devices in the house, <laughs> and it's very interesting talking to this AI. Alexa, what's going on today? What's the weather like? Um, you know, and what's really amazing, Alexa, do you like me? <laughs> oh, yes, most indeed. <laughs> I paid you to say that. <laughs> you pay for the service. But you see what I'm getting at? We have this great technology. That's not friendship. And uh, uh, that's not care. 
Uh, and that's not a real conversation. Uh, and it's certainly not prayer. These things, no matter how advanced we get, these things can never be replaced by science and technology. And uh, they become a great vehicle. I'm talking about you as a human person. Becomes the great sign for Christ in the world. Technology and virtual reality is, as I made fun of, and social media cannot replace the power of the human touch and of sincere personal interaction. And... Um, we found this out in this pandemic when people were locked away in their homes. Most of them craved some type of interaction. While people could Zoom and all that, it wasn't the same. And we people discovered about church the same way. I watch Mass, and people email me all the time, it's not the same. No, it is not the same. It, is, it works in a pinch, but it is not the same. And... Uh, my friend, the second detail is found, I've been making a big deal about the barley, the barley loaves that Jesus uses to feed many people. Only St. John mentions twice the loaves are made of barley, which is, I've told you, is common grain and stuff like that. Uh, so how can we understand and maybe apply the concept of the barley and stuff? So in our parishes, we have, uh, we'll spend a great deal of money that you give us on programs for evangelization and sacramental prep and spiritual growth and parish renewal. And those are all wonderful. The amount of funds spent can never replace the people, can never replace, you know, maybe one day the piano will play itself, and I'll just tell it, replace the catechist. The children, they don't want some AI thing talking to them. You don't want that act, do you? No, you want a real person talking to you and teaching you. And that real person is going to testify to you about their experience. And um, technology is never going to be able to replace the power of personal witness and testimony and true conversion and prayer. These things cannot be purchased. They cannot be ordered from Amazon. <laughs> I order things. I'm not picking on them. I order things. And you just can't get that from them, huh? Um, so, my friends, sometimes the scope of such programs can make what we have to add, our personal testimony, seem like barley loaves. So when we look at John's gospel, he would say, bring your barley loaf, because our Lord can do great things with that barley loaf. My friends, so in the truth of the matter, uh, Renewals come in parishes from the people and from setting of the scriptures and walking, as St. Paul would say, in holiness and walking in the values of the gospel. And uh, lasting evangelization occurs through the example of individuals' holiness and the lives lived for all to see. As your pastor, I get emails about many, many things, and we have many people who visit the Gig Harbor area, and they've chosen to come to our parish. And... The, you can ask the staff. The staff are the ones who hear about this before me because it's hard to get to me exactly. Um, they have to get through the secretary. <laughs> um, they tell them, we've come to your parish and uh, um, we think it's beautiful. Yes, your icons, but the people. The people are friendly and they're, they're not coming here because it's welcoming as we overdid so much, they're coming because they found people 
who walk in holiness here. They said they can feel the sense and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and they will take that with them when they leave. That's because of you guys. Not because I'm just one person. I'm a pastor. It's because of you guys. And they come to Mass, and they see this and experience and feel it, and they see the reverence. So we'll continue working on, on all those things. And uh, um, they like that sense of spirituality when they come into this building. And uh, we've been working hard on that. Um, so that's why I mean no, nothing can ever replace the power of the individual prayer, the, real, the person and their witness and their testimony and their conversion of life, um, which we are all obligated to do. Whatever else that is enacted uh, to enhance parish life, we should not forget the barley loaves that are you, the people. And this is something that we all have to give to Christ. When we look at what Philip did, he brought the boy with his little barley loaves. What the 12 meant, the number 12, uh, what it represents. Uh, but... Uh, the fragments also, I kind of said it, it's a symbol of God's generosity, but in a very practical way. Um, what is not used today, meaning those fragments, can be used tomorrow. What we give the Lord is never wasted, but is gathered into his plans, always. Perhaps the words we say to each other today may not have an impact until tomorrow. Compassion and care one shows to another may emerge like a beautiful flashback, but only years later, even when our efforts to reach another seems in vain. We never know uh, when those seemingly unused fragments will provide nourishment for another's growth. The great sign of Jesus told by John speaks to us on many levels. In the work of the church and in our life, we can be like Philip, paralyzed by the scope of everything that needs to be done. Or we can be like Andrew, handing to Jesus what we have and telling him, use it as you need to. In our mission as church and in our life, we can be tempted to let the programs and whatnot replace the barley loaves of sincere and honest Christian living. And sometimes I know uh, some parishes are very small and they have very very little funds and very little people because um, I remember someone said, well, I, I was told I had to go to baptism class and I did and I went into the room, there was a five couples and the, the person said, then they put in a DVD, turned on the TV, pressed play and then they left. And then 50 minutes later they came back and said, do you have any questions? <laughs> it's hard. Uh, it's hard when that happens. Um, so whatever we do for the Lord, um, let us do with integrity and honesty and love. And um, what we do for him is gathered by him to be used now or to be used later. Um, one of the overlooked messages coming out of the great sign from John's gospel is not only about what Jesus gives us, but what we can give him. The young man, the boy, had the bread and he gave it to Jesus. One lesson from the sign is to give our Lord what we have. Uh, he will work holy signs through it. And growing in discipleship as his disciples means that the, kind, the time will come when we will no longer only be on the receiving end of this relationship. God gives, and he's generous, but he's also going to make a demand on you. He's going to ask for your barley loaves. And you got to give it, Jack. You got to hand it over. I'm picking on Jack. 
because <laughs> I'm losing them. The homie's getting long, I'm losing them. I'm, I'm going to call him back by pointing them out. And Jack's wonderful. Uh, but the demand will be made upon you to give something. And as a disciple, you'll be there and ready to do that. And uh, my friends, um, it's always easier to be a member of the crowd receiving things. But as I said, soon uh, we will be asked to go deeper. Soon our Lord will say, I need your barley loaves. And if we have that mentality that God gave it to us anyway, we're simply returning it then. But some of us, no, it's my barley loaf. <laughs> Let's not be that way. Okay. My friends, like I said, I get many emails, and uh, uh, some of them are not so nice, and others are okay. And uh, sometimes uh, uh, I've, I've told you, listen, wherever you're at, listen to the, what the bishop and priest are praying. The Roman Missal is the book that we use throughout the whole church, and uh, it was redone in 2010, and uh, we've been asked, the priests have been asked to stick to the book and not to make up prayers. Uh, and uh, I pray my brother priests are sticking to the book. Sometimes we slow down. Have you ever seen Father Mark slow down? It's only because sometimes the way the prayer is written, I don't know what it's asking. <laughs> and if I'm representing you up there, I better know what I'm asking. <laughs> so sometimes you'll see me pause. And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I'm praying on your behalf. Uh, so um, the other thing is uh, a couple emails came in and said, Father, from time to time we see you, you seem to stop and you seem to look at the cover of your book. What are you looking at? <laughs> so I'll tell you what it is I'm looking at. Every Mass has an intention, whether it be for world peace, for a birthday, for an anniversary, for someone who's died, uh, for the health of somebody. It's assigned to somebody. And like uh, this Mass is for Jack Finholm. Um, so what I do is I remind myself by opening it up. It's written. Now, priests do it differently. I put tape mine to my book, and I look to see who it is I'm praying for. But also... Uh, Many people come to me and ask me for, to pray for somebody. And so what I do is I write their names quickly in the book. And uh, I can pray rosaries, and those are great. I can pray the Divine Mercy Chapel. Those are wonderful. I can do all kinds of prayers. But the greatest prayer that I'll ever be able to offer on your behalf as a priest is the prayers that come from this book, meaning the Mass. The Mass is the most efficacious prayer that I will ever be able to offer for you. And I love you. So I will always want to offer the very best. So um, there's another thing, too, that's more on the selfish side. There's an unspoken thing amongst priests and bishops that when you ask me for a prayer, I'm obligated to do it. And if I don't do it, they add up. And all that adds up to more time in purgatory. <laughs> I get myself in enough trouble to be in purgatory. I don't need this part of it. So usually what happens outside, people, Father, I need you to pray for Grandma, Grandma Tilly. Okay, the minute you walk away, Grandma Tilly, because <laughs> I, I don't want to forget. I mean, I want to pray when I say yes. <laughs> the pieces, I don't want that to hold me in purgatory any longer. Uh, so um, I'm looking at another way that perhaps I could do this, because many people ask for prayers, and I thought maybe I can put out a book you write in the book the prayers, and I'll take the book and I'll put it on the altar with me. Um, so uh, that's the reason why you'll see me from time to time open the book. Uh, so I'm remembering exactly who it is I'm praying for. Um, some parishes will have uh, more than one person 
uh, and they can do that. But I found in, uh, because I got chastised uh, two weeks ago about this, um, I, t I try my best to have one person or one intention per Mass. Can you have a whole bunch? You can, but I found at our parish the people, Father, I just want Mass for Grandma. I don't want all those other people <laughs> I mentioned too. <laughs> okay, all right. So the problem with that is I, there's one priest and only so many Masses. So when people, Father, I'd like to have a Mass intention. Okay, the next available one is in January. What? <laughs> I have to wait till January? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'll get to it. Uh, so uh, just kind of showing you how um, the behind the scenes of what a priest and a bishop does. Okay, all right. And that leads me into this. My friends, the, with the stories that are told inside the scriptures, yes, some of them are parables that Jesus tells, but others are fact. And um, when uh, Jesus spoke, when John wrote, he said Jesus did this, and the people accepted it as fact. So if Jesus took three loaves of bread and fed close to 10,000 people, the people believed that, they were there, it's the truth. If Jesus can feed 10,000 people with three loaves of bread, can he not take the bread and wine on this altar and change it into his very body, blood, soul, and divinity as he promised? I say this because there are others who do not believe. They will believe that he did that on the mountain, but not this. And even some of our own people, meaning our own Catholics, do not believe. So I'm putting forth to you, if Jesus can do that, can he not do this also to feed you spiritually and to give you life eternal? Something to think about. Amen. Amen.